0: Hey world, Mike is here, giving a shout out to Kind of Epic Show, here to promote my new album,
1: Eleven
2: Gates, an epic electronic journey. It's made its debut on August 16th this
3: week. Eleven Gates is available on Bandcamp at mikasmusic.bandcamp.com. Thanks again for all the listeners out there and to Kind of Epic Show. Thanks guys, keep it epic.
2: Chelsea, I don't, uh, I don't let people know when we hit record. Okay. <laughs> it's usually spontaneous. They got Awkward skyline. moments. Yeah. Andrew, I'm moving that closer. Feel free to adjust that so you can be heard.
0: Well, I'm not exactly an expert, so I really need to be told when we started. If you wouldn't mind, whenever we start, go ahead and let me know. Oh, we already started. <laughs> oh,
2: fuck. Yes. Yes. I also want to be No, no. Uh, I'm sure it doesn't to stay clean. We have a chance here. There's
0: Wait,
3: no hey, way hey, it's going to stay clean. Don't we get... Anyway?
0: I'm, I'm sorry. I'm
3: going to limit <laughs> my drinking. <this> <laughs> oh, what were you <laughs> saying?
0: I was going to say I'm sorry, and I'll try not to...
3: No, pass. no, please,
2: please. Yeah, to oh, They don't want you
4: to say, hell, shit, damn it, or nothing.
2: <laughs> I no. thought
0: that we were allowed one fuck for it to not be... God damn it.
2: <laughs> no, no, we're completely allowed. Because <laughs> well, we have <laughs> the explicit... Rating given to us on iTunes, so well now I feel like more pressure to live up to that. Yeah, we 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 do swear quite a bit. You know, actually, the the majority of the time when it's just like me and and Peaches, we don't really curse that often. Yeah, but when when I get you fucks in, where it really (laughs) starts. uh,
3: I don't know. He's a man of class. Yeah, he (laughs) kind of is. Whereas we're clearly not.
2: And you know, he works at FedEx Ground, Uh and the past like month they've completely fucked his schedule, which, does that surprise you nope. at all, that a nope. FedEx would fuck our schedules? Nope. No, she worked at the, uh, the airport FedEx. Yep. Like, Three years. Andrew's the mm-hmm. only person here that hasn't worked at a FedEx.
0: Get it together, Andrew.
2: Yeah, right? Join the club. <laughs> the Working at
0: fucking FedEx. <laughs> yeah. I already have enough
4: self-loving and, uh, disappointment in my life. I think, I don't really need that to, to, you know, kind of redundant like a third arm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Anyways, uh, If you're tuning in, you know you're listening to Kind of Epic Show, which I was trying to explain to Chelsea since it's her first time. We set the bar kind of low.
0: Thank God.
3: Kind of.
2: Kind of. Kind of low. Um,
0: We don't even really commit to the placing of the bar.
2: No. No. (laughs) It it varies. varies. No bar.
0: No commitment. (laughs)
2: Like, if we get a cool guest, the bar is up high because I'll put more effort into editing.
3: Yeah, but if it's just us. He doesn't really care what we have to say. Chance, so. you really need to talk into the microphone. Oh, I thought there was a great echo that it was just going to carry <laughs> really bit. well.
2: It might be, oh.
3: but.
4: Cup your hands like a Ruby Valley.
3: Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah I I forgot my headphones. I, I forgot my headphones, that. so I actually can't I, hear you. I
2: didn't even realize that. Yeah, go me, right?
3: That's what okay.
0: You could just, like, cup your hands around your ears. It happens.
2: It doesn't
0: help me pick up the <laughs> audio from the mic. So,
2: uh, topic today, uh... Oh, no, look at him. He's like, <laughs> our, he's like, let's get this shit together. Uh, <laughs> I've got places to be.
3: Well, well, our first topic is, uh, actually somebody who really doesn't like any cussing in, at all. Luke Cage. Oh, yeah, yeah. All. I mean, the whole first episode, yep. two episodes, were all about... That was a pretty pivotal part of it, was like... Uh, the swear jar. The swear jar, no swearing, in mm-hmm. Pop's Barbershop, uh... I don't, so you watched all of the yeah, show? Yeah, I'm I finished.
2: I, I I finished. I watched it over three days.
0: No, I you finished. guys better watch your mouths. Yeah, yeah, oh, well, yeah. We'll, we'll be very
3: careful with the first one or two episodes. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a great show. I, I mean, I, I'm ready to rewatch it right now. Oh yeah, and I, sure. I just finished it a day ago. Like, so. I almost
2: want to go back and rewatch Jessica Jones as well.
3: Yeah. They didn't seem to tie together as much as I wanted them to. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with Rosario Dawson being a more major character yeah, yeah, and Dare—I feel like a Daredevil than. Well, I,
2: uh, I think this is the most involved. Jessica
3: Jones, be, yeah, yeah. this being the most. She hasn't shown
2: up yet, so let's ignore Rosario Dawson
3: because oh, she's, she's just an actress. That's no, yes, that's nobody. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so she doesn't show up until like five or six. Quite a few.
4: burning some candor supporters. Does he? I'm kidding. I
2: haven't watched the show. Oh yeah, you haven't watched any of it. No,
3: he hasn't. It's def- I think it was definitely my favorite of the Marvel-Netflix ventures so far. See, uh,
2: I disagree. Um, I don't know where I'd place it yet. I'll give it another watch. But I definitely feel like Cottonmouth wasn't the greatest villain compared to the other shows. Uh. Granted, this season also, similar to Season 2 of Daredevil, kind of has a mid-season finale where the show kind of switches. Yeah. Where the first half of Season 2 of Daredevil was about the Punisher. Second mm-hmm. half was about the hand. Right. This season kind of does the same. Yeah. But uh, I, I definitely feel like the villain isn't quite there.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, the first two episodes, he definitely seems to be the like the top of of the game. He's running the guns and yeah. drugs and everything in Harlem through his nightclub. He's got his. His cousin or sister? Sis. Is, uh, his cousin. cousin. Is his cousin. Okay. Yeah, his cousin Mariah is a congress, like a local Black congress. Lady. Is her comic book name? Mm-hmm. Well, the Black Mariah. His cousin Mariah. Yeah, she. Uh, she's a pretty successful politician. It seems like they're, you know, they're pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. And uh, Luke, I don't know. I guess I didn't get a formal introduction to his character. I didn't read too much of his comics. But like at first, well, him. You being read
2: a, most of the New Avengers. Which I feel is a great introduction to Luke Cage. Really brought him to the forefront of the Marvel maybe
3: Universe. I, maybe I just didn't remember the origin. But seeing him be such a, a pacifist at yeah. the start of the show, I was, like, I was kind of surprised by that. I was like, which oh, he's they, a big dude. want to fight with.
2: They do change his origin a little bit, which we won't talk about this week. Because his origin story is in episode four. But something that's different from the comics, which they do set up early. Uh, I believe they mentioned that he used to be a cop pretty early on. Yeah, they did. Um, he wasn't a cop in the comics he was a actually he was in a gang in Harlem mm-hmm. and then went to prison and then, then reformed yeah. so slightly different um, so,
4: in the comics uh, like the origin is uh, he's framed like for a drug thing uh, yeah
2: but he was still in a gang he wasn't a cop okay yeah and they kind of gave him in the show they kind of gave him a military uh, he was in the military before joining the force so they kind of cleaned up his origin a little bit yeah, a bit more and
3: he from Georgia too yeah right? other so Savannah, Georgia. Yeah.
4: Plus, it would have, been weird to have like the, like a white scientist in, like a, in the comic finds out that like he's still alive because he was in the experiment and mm-hmm. he acts as like his parole officer in a way, uh, which, you know, would be, may not have, a good, not have the best book in 2016.
2: Yeah. So, um, the first thing I, I think we need to bring up is the music, which I know
3: you were excited for Yeah. Mm-hmm. a couple oh, yeah. Of weeks ago. Um, Feel I mean, free they, to expand. I, I'd say it's a, it's a... They made it a pivotal part of the show because of Cotton Mouth's base of operations being his nightclub here, specifically his his aunt's nightclub or his grandmother's nightclub mm-hmm. that had been in Harlem for 100 years and been owned by his family for 100 years. And so they brought in these li- these new, very current, hip, live musicians to play tracks through the show. Then they laced it with all this hip-hop throughout, and then I mean, even the that non-diegetic stuff I was talking about, like all the string arrangements that go on behind the scenes, all that stuff was on point as well. It, it gave it a really good uh, like old world mafia feel, Yeah, you know, I, I felt. Yeah, yeah, it was
0: interesting as somebody that has not read the comics yeah. and did not have any fucking clue what I was going did, into. Did you watch the previous Marvel Netflix shows? No, I watched Daredevil, but not Jessica Jones. Gotcha. So, um... I didn't know what I was getting into at all and at first I was actually like confused by what time it was, like what era we uh, were in yeah. well, and I thought that that was really cool that yeah, they the actually purposely in, like, the yeah, they purposely continue that throughout mm-hmm. the show with the cinematography and even the costuming and the lack of like uh, technology, there's yeah. not a lot of people on phones and stuff like that oh, for sure. It's they definitely did that on purpose which yeah. I thought was really cool
2: well there were, they were once was a theory that all these Netflix shows were going to take place in the '70s, which I think would have been really awesome. But I think mm-hmm. they did a great job of making it modern, with still honoring that '70s uh, feel to all the shows. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it
3: definitely feels classic, but it yeah. is like they they put those little bits of modernity cool. in there with the musicians, with with the music choices, with the dress. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they
0: well, even the lighting. This, this version of
3: Harlem
2: doesn't quite exist anymore. It's a fictitious version of Harlem that kind of calls back to the 70s era. Yes, and while still
0: showing that, they are still, like, you are actually still noticing that you are in New York, which is so Mm -hmm. nice to not just be in, like, some (coughs) generic city somewhere out there, God knows where. Like, it's, you can tell it is New York. Yeah, I know, and that's, it's nice that they actually are able to show that without just spending the money and you not noticing it. Yeah, for sure. It's really obviously New York.
2: Yeah. And that's one thing that kind of bugged me about Daredevil, because they tended, they They shot mostly in Brooklyn, yes. where Hell's Kitchen is definitely in Manhattan, mm-hmm. but it was cheaper it's also to shoot in Brooklyn.
4: a small neighborhood, and yeah. the Hell's Kitchen and Daredevil is like gigantic. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean like in the, like the show.
2: Yeah.
4: We were, oh, and uh, the, the reason... Uh, uh, yeah, you, I mean, you
2: lived in New York. She's, yeah. called, a,
4: she's called Black Mariah. Uh, there was a racehorse in Parliament named uh, Black Mariah, and it was also, uh, also a slang term for a uh, police uh, wagon... Uh, Oh, okay. but, uh, we, uh, in, the, uh, in the 19th century, they were pulled by horses uh, mm. and often the right. black. So, like some of the horses, like a more modern reference, uh, apart from the Black Mariah and Luke Cage comics, uh, mm. the Clash mentioned uh, uh, Black Mariah and Guns uh, of from one column.
2: Gotcha. And that's actually something I had saved on my phone. There's a chart to all the literary. References that the show's making, oh, yeah, which I think is pretty there's awesome. Like, uh,
4: there. There's uh, Shakespeare-like Henry the Fourth, King Lear, uh, Romain and Juliet, uh, Fire Lawrence's speech. Mm-hmm, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. Violent uh, and uh, violent, violent ends or violent taste uh, and, and violent taste and then violent these violent delights have these violent delights have violent ends, something like that. Uh, and I think uh, playing a little bit of James Joyce too. Uh.
0: Nice. Well, another thing that I noticed that is like uh, pretty cool is the callback to when you're staging a play and you have um, someone who's supposed to be larger than another person and they're not physically larger, you have them stand downstage farther. Well, in the show, even if there's someone who happens to be standing in the room who is actually physically taller than the actor of Luke they will place him so that he is not taller because they yeah. want Luke to be because so Luke big. has to have that
2: presence. And yeah. they put
0: so much effort into like filming like a little bit below his chin and like placing him at just the right place in the room just to make him look like he's massive all the time. Yeah. And the only time that he doesn't look like that is when he's around Pops.
2: Which I think is to elevate Pops' yeah, character as exactly. well. Exactly. Um, I-, I was actually watching uh, Central Intelligence the other day. Yeah, and they uh there's a great line in there where uh, it was, I, I watched it after I finished *Luke Cage*, but they uh, they mentioned black people don't actually well they go they don't go to therapy they either go to a barber shop or watch the movie *Barber Shop*, mm-hmm. just instantly made me think of *Luke Cage* and all the barber shop stuff. <laughs> oh, I, you know, yeah.
3: Big part of it as well because those. I mean, those first two episodes, most everything took place in the barber shop yeah. or around we surrounding a character who yeah. like was in the barber shop when That's we first kind of tiny, set
4: in. Because uh, the uh, rapper Kid uh, just, uh, like an Instagram post, uh, he's checking into uh, uh, mental health services because yeah. he's dealing with uh, them depression cool. and, uh, oh, shit. and you know, like, mental health like really with black men talk about. Uh, yeah, his you know.
0: post about it was beautiful. It was really well written. Mm-hmm. Uh,
4: there's like a Twitter uh, hashtag cool man uh, huh. or, you
3: know, posting the stories and whatnot. Nice. Yeah, Luke, uh, well, I guess Luke Cage, you know, pops for Luke Cage, Pop's Barbershop was something similar to that, a place where he could go and feel like he could collect his thoughts and, you know, mm-hmm. not have to hide. Obviously, he was in, in hiding from the authorities, but to, to have a place to lay low and to be out of the public purview and just be able to think about your own life and what you needed to accomplish. But yeah, what he you never had to, to hide accomplish? around Pops either. Yeah, because well, Pops
0: knew his secret. Yeah, he
3: kind of – I think he, he knew just enough to, you know – but he didn't – I guess he didn't care. He made that he a point care, that he yeah. didn't really care about well, whatever so people, people had rules done. was the barbershop. Yeah, it was like you just come in, we're all equals. Mm-hmm. I, you know, Pops himself had done tons of bad stuff. Mm-hmm. We learned later on. Uh, I thought that – yeah, that was a really cool aspect to, uh, to start the show – to have so much of it be there and we even though we haven't seen really in the first two episodes you don't see anything of a origin story for Luke you have a sense of who his family is or like what where he comes from at that time and then you also have this really interesting what could be a love story that gets set up at the very the very beginning yeah Mm -hmm. and I thought that was really really cool how they introduced the character and just like the, the relationship, the dynamic between those two. Luke really had good. a lot
2: of sex in Jessica Jones.
3: Yeah, I remember.
2: Like the first time we meet him, that's basically what he's doing. Uh-huh. And then I thought it was a, a ballsy choice. First episode, bam, Luke's at it. Yeah, that's the only time in the entire series.
3: Right. Yeah, I, I was. That's what I am saying. I thought that Spoiler was.
2: Spoiler alert! To, you know. Now
3: I don't want to watch the rest of it. <laughs> there was a great way to introduce that that character, Sweet which, which, and their, her, her relationship to Luke Cage because. That's not, like you're saying, that's not what their relationship actually is. It's just like we think it's going to be good old Luke Cage at it again, but no, he's in fact got something else going on. And he even says he's more, later he says he's more in it for uh, love or other things like that, like when he's talking her up at the bar.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought was funny about how Pops was like, you know, you can get back out there. You can like it's been a while since you've been with a woman. Mm-hmm. And he was like, No, I don't need that in my life anymore. Same episode. Same episode. Like, yeah. okay, buddy, whatever.
3: Yeah. Going out for coffee they
0: say. <laughs> Which
3: they I don't even, even
2: like car. coffee. Plays up until the last probably one of the last jokes of the series too. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I believe it was something about brain check for the coffee <laughs> or something like yeah. that. But yeah, the, that the part. I mean, I guess the music was the biggest thing for me. Mm-hmm. But then there was more around that, and like in the nightclub, mm-hmm. seeing that, that there was some really mm-hmm. cool visual stuff they did with that poster, with poster uh, of uh, Notorious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
0: oh yeah, with the crown. Mm-hmm. On. And
3: I thought that the uh, you know the framing of that round window, uh, and then had, like that whole setup of that nightclub, which mm-hmm. was really yep. well done, and it made it feel uh, kind of menacing.
1: Yeah. Kinda
0: yeah, like, everything was very symmetrical. In.
2: So let's, let's talk about Misty. We haven't really talked about her. She's, yeah. She's pretty hot. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> There's no denying that
3: <laughs> she was awesome. She was, uh...
0: She's the second
3: lead of the show. I mean... Oh, without a doubt.
2: Yeah. Especially more in the second half. It kind of almost becomes her show, where Luke kind of takes a... Almost a, a break. break. Yeah, almost a break. Mm-hmm. And it almost becomes her show for a while. And yeah,
3: she's real tough. Yeah. She's real, uh, she's, she's real confident in herself. She's, you know, to the point that she doesn't believe what everyone else is telling her is right. And her boss is, you know, she's willing to risk her job because of what she believes in, whether that's Luke did, didn't do something that he was accused of or, or whatever it is. And, and we don't see her compromise anything in this show yeah. at, at any point. And, and I thought that was really impressive to show her as a really, really dominant, strong female character. And, like, all the other ladies got to try and live up to her. It seems like any time there's another lady on screen with her, they're, all, they're almost about to go into battle because yeah. they're, they're crooked and she's going to take them down. Yeah, no matter what. She was real. She was real good. What did you think about
2: her? Oh, yeah. I, well, the entire time, I mean, she's one of the most powerful women in the Marvel Universe. I mean she was in charge of Heroes for Hire for a while ends up getting a mechanical arm which they kind of allude to later with her getting shot in it mm-hmm. spoilers she gets shot in the arm God damn it um, but yeah I mean she's always demanding her her performance was always demanding the center stage yeah. even when she's with Luke Cage she's demanding that performance mm-hmm. she's her, your eyes are on her even yeah that first scene that we are introduced to her Drop dead gorgeous. Her nice red dress, everything. But even when she's in like her police uniform, like the detective's outfit, still super attractive. Yeah. Like she she owns it no matter what she's doing. Mm-hmm. She own,
3: demands your attention. So she she was doing this thing where she was reviewing the evidence and the photos from crime scenes, and she was kind of like walking sure, through walking. the crimes it was yeah, going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> mind palace. Yeah, I was wondering, does she have some sort of abilities that are going to be uncovered later? Is that part of the canon, or is well, that you know just a observational, like actual observational? practice? I think, for her, I, I, I like just think mental, it's how her mind works. Yeah. Um, Representation, yeah. Of mental practice. I see.
2: So kind of like Sherlock's mind palace, where he goes in and figures it out.
3: Yeah.
0: I mean theoretically in this world where people have superpowers it's not like a terribly absurd idea no, to think that not. some people might have like a half of a superpower or something mm-hmm. that doesn't come off especially, exactly the same as yeah. our world but not totally crazy mm-hmm. for Marvel Universe oh for sure and uh, such as I'm extraordinarily good at thinking yeah. like you yeah. know something oh, like sure. that
2: <laughs> especially in a world where uh, the show technically coexists with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in which mm-hmm. in humans have are yeah, now yeah, popping up all over the world, are every day affair now. Yeah, and well, yeah. I mean, they, they make reference to the incident. So I mean, oh yeah,
0: raw Blu-rays of the incident for yes, sale yeah. on the which, street, which yep. is yeah. the, from the Avengers.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, which I will I will say, this is the first of
0: the Netflix shows
2: to actually mention the Avengers by name, like mentioning oh, Captain America, yeah. Iron Man, Hulk. They actually use their names in this instead of oh. The I Doom think they, they
0: actually said Tony Stark. Yes. And um, Captain America and Green Man, if okay. I remember correctly. Yes. yes. <laughs> he uh, never actually said Hulk. Yes. No.
2: <laughs> but uh, I was actually, I don't remember if it's in the first two, but no, they even bring back Justin Hammer. Hammer Tech. Yeah, Hammer Tech. Which 10. hasn't been mentioned since yes, Iron Man 2. Yes, because he
0: makes the weapons that mm-hmm. they're stealing. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Which Hammer Tech hasn't been mentioned since Iron Man 2, so I thought right. that was a nice call. Nice call on on, for Sure.
3: So what what, what characters, what are the other main characters we didn't touch on? We talked about Cottonmouth, we talked Mm -hmm. about Luke, we talked about Misty, uh, we talked about Uh, Pops a little bit. mm -hmm. I mean, we don't learn much about him until later on, unfortunately, after episode two. Same with,
2: like, Misty's partner. We don't know much about him. Yeah, Scarf.
3: His cousin,
0: uh, Cottonmouth's cousin,
3: the Black Black Mariah, yeah, Yeah. yeah. It's clear they grew up together. Uh, from the early like you can tell they're really really close but we don't get a lot of their backstory. I thought she she was clearly crooked and just like not wanting to admit it to herself is what it seemed like which
2: episode is Cottonmouth's uh, origin and or her origin is that 6 I don't remember yeah yeah, (laughs) you haven't gotten that far yet. I don't
0: know I won't say no I remember off the top of my head but he gets an
2: origin episode similar to uh, the way the Kingpin got an origin episode It actually almost follows the same kind of format, too. Yep, yep. I feel like it happened around the same time, mm-hmm. where we find out all about their past.
3: Very well could.
0: Well, they have an interesting relationship, because from the very beginning, the first time that you see them together, they're, like, sitting up in his balcony together. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, this is clearly, like, the bad guy, and they address her as, you know, Congresswoman Dead. or whatever she is. Mm-hmm. And... um so you're like this is not good that this government lady is hanging out with the bad guy. But then they're so friendly together. You're like what's their relationship? Maybe she's his girlfriend. And then you find out that they're family and it's, it just makes so much more sense. But it's cool to have like some like a crooked government figure and the bad guy have a relationship like that because it's not usually like that it's usually more like we're in this for business or something yeah. but she's just doing it because she loves him <laughs> and that's adorable right <laughs> she's like i want to keep grandma's nightclub open
2: uh, we'll I have to say she is the uh a little off topic she's the only actress to be in movies in the marvel movies mm-hmm. and on the tv show two different characters she was in civil war yeah mm-hmm. she's the lady that uh, uh, confronts tony stark
3: right about her son about her son Yep. completely
2: know. different characters but I just, just thought that. I'd I'd mention that to anybody that would be like, be like, wait a second, she was just in Civil War. Yeah. But I mean, great actress, might as well use her and everything. But yeah, yeah,
0: I think that I was just like, oh, I know her from like a thousand other things, so yeah. I didn't really notice it.
3: But yeah. I think that's, that's probably the like all the the main characters that get introduced mm-hmm. in that in those first couple episodes. So what?
2: Well, Shades is introduced, right? Shades. In the first yes, episode. he is. He, he has it. that really cool first episode, scene right?
0: where he has like. No, it's actually the end yeah, of the end of the, the first the episode. Yeah. it's the end of the first episode. You would have had it in the second. One. He comes in and they have this like very <laughs> confusing, like cryptic conversation hmm. between him where. He yeah, has like the, the light up bar so behind him, right. and he just hmm. looks like a silhouette. Like yeah, really cool. Right. Yeah. Cinematography there.
2: Um, I was actually really surprised. That, um, well, the climax of episode two, one of the uh, the, the shootout at Pops, yeah, we we fall in love with the character of Pops in those first two episodes, only for him to be ripped away so early episode in the episode. What is yeah. this, Game of Thrones?
0: Yeah, yeah, like, yeah exactly. I, I mean, life. Actually, like, the
3: point, though, I think the point was to put us, uh, to align our emotions with Luke's, and for it to be like, okay, now we have this personal interest in this in what's mm-hmm. happening in this neighborhood, the same as Luke does. Mm. You know? yeah. Get us, get us to feel of how he feels. Yeah. But it does suck because yeah. yeah, he, he was cool, cool character. Yeah, yeah for definitely. Sure.
0: I'm curious to see what happens with the swear jar. Yes, it comes back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it. I know back. it does. They put way too much screen time on it for it to not come back. Yeah. Um,
3: I guess the other what's the other important plot points aside from which we what we already mentioned the sad and inevitable ending to the second episode of Pops, well the first Pops two episodes of that, like kind of follow shot up this shot down.
2: this uh, drug deal gone bad right or not drug deal gun 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 deal large
3: gun deal something like, mm-hmm. like $11, 10 million dollars yeah or something, something crazy like that,
2: where well, it's a basically an inside job. Mm. and then they're trying to track him down that's basically what the first two episodes revolve around completely right and and the the kids feel somewhat responsible because he knew one of them was going to get into trouble and didn't do anything about it
3: right and they they worked at the barber shop with with him so he felt he felt more responsible I think to Pops than he did to the kids per se but but yeah so they get uh, they mess around and try and steal ten million dollars one of, what one of them turns on their yeah, one of them gets compatriot because he freaks out after mm-hmm. he's killed a person for the first time, and they run off with the money. Yeah. What what uh, what's the one guy that turns up dead? Do you remember the young? The oh, first I don't kid? remember his name.
2: That's a, that's a bad thing
3: about benching. Do you remember the names? Mm. Yeah, so the I mean the second partner who's still around Mm-mm. gets shot after they. They sit and question him extensively about where the money's at, and then Chico, who's the the kid yes. who Luke is, who's on the lookout for, you know, he, he runs into the shop. Luke tries to, on behalf of Pops, Luke tries to uh, get some sort of parlay, you know, get some sort of peace treaty going on, and when he gives the information over to Cottonmouth, uh, Cottonmouth's Soldier Tone. Takes it upon himself to I'm go. I'm glad you have notes up. I appreciate that. I, I had to because it was pissing me off. I couldn't remember that kid's name. But yeah, so he, he just uh, you know takes it upon himself to go in there and handle business, mm-hmm. shoots up the place, takes the money, doesn't kill Chico, mm-hmm. but uh, gives Luke Cage all the motivation he needs to go take on this crime organization.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess in, in to finish things up here, uh, about the episodes and I have a couple other things I want to talk about. Um, if you haven't watched Luke Cage yet, please do. Um, that's why I, I, I didn't want to talk about the entire show. I want to talk about the first couple of this week just to get people excited who yeah. might not have watched it even though they broke Netflix.
3: Yeah, I saw that. Luke
2: Cage broke Netflix. <laughs> Netflix was out of service for a couple hours on Saturday because, <laughs> of, because of Luke should. Cage. Sure, it was beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful. Um, one other thing. Uh, I find it funny. There's a whole group of white people that are complaining that the show is too
0: black.
3: It's too black. And it's
0: racist. Yeah, that the show is racist. Even though that's literally well, the opposite of what yeah. racist is. Uh, yeah,
3: I mean, it's set, it's set in Harlem, and the focus What's the, the focus of uh, the Mar- Mariah Dillard's campaign is this Harlem, new Harlem renaissance. She, and a yep. revitalization, Keep Harlem black. Right, the yes. revitalization of, of an empowered community of black folks where you know they can cultivate where they can cultivate their artistry in whatever form that is yeah and they you know become successful and i don't see how anybody can complain about that nope I mean, oh, uh, there I are way worse it. shows on tv than oh, that yeah. shit. oh for sure oh for sure
0: like <laughs> definitely it's but like the most empowering like line in the show is within the first five minutes when she walks into the shop and Luke is standing there, and, like, he's literally sweeping a barbershop. Uh, like, yeah. he's not that cool of a guy. Yeah. But hold on a second. This dude is so hot that this lady literally goes, A black man working? Can't complain about that. Yeah, yeah
3: right? I think my favorite line was also in the first two episodes, but it, it was uh, in the second episode. At the end. Well, when, uh, when Luke... When Luke comes back to the barber shop after he's on, the, he's out looking for Chico, mm-hmm. and he uh, and he sits down on the front, like the front step of Pops, and he's like, you know, asking him what's he gonna do because he's kind of caught in the middle of this situation he doesn't want to be in between Cottonmouth and, and Pops and Chico, and uh, and Pops says to him, he's like, you know, boys run, but men stand, yeah. and then. Luke turns into a badass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The rest is history.
2: Yep. I think one of my favorite moments, I don't remember, it might have been in episode two, uh, but it's right. Because the way episode two ended, he, he's looking at Christmas attics. He's looking at the building, right? Yeah. yeah. And I don't remember if it's then or at the start of episode three where uh, a young black kid pulls a gun in his face. I think that was at like the start of episode three. Wasn't it? Yeah. He gives one of the best speeches of the show. Yeah that was real good. Yeah,
3: was like, yeah that was at the start of episode three because that episode was bookended because they go you know they take you from the last <laughs> the start of the last scene and then take you all the way up to it. episode three was a great episode. Can't it wait was. to talk about that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, Alright I think we're going to hit pause on this real fast. Um, but yeah Luke Cage was great. I uh, hope everyone watches it. Um, it's definitely unique in all the Marvel TV so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, uh, what are we talking about when we come back? Um, we'll be talking about Westworld.
3: All right.
0: That the show was written by, Af- like, real black writers. Like, yeah, yeah. not, this is a show for black people with black actors in it, and it's written it's by white people, it's and it's full, bullshit.
2: It's fully written, yes. like, created by black people. yes.
0: Yeah. Um, Which is incredible, because it's like the whole point of the show yes. is like every character, every woman is like so strong in the mm-hmm. show. What, no matter what side they're on, they're so strong. Mm-hmm. And it's just like very empowering, and it's really cool. Yeah. And I appreciate that they did it right. Yes. Like, not like we're trying to preach something to somebody. Well, like, it's
2: even, even when it, it went down to the music. They had exactly. prominent artists from Harlem yes. doing the music. Yes. And, and Luke Cage put so much attention to detail. They wanted to get
3: this show right.
0: And every oh, yeah. episode is named after a song that you should have already heard. Oh yeah, <laughs> but
3: from Gangstar. That yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I, I didn't realize it until I like got a few episodes in, and I went and pulled Look, up the queue, and I, yeah, yep. and I was like, "Oh, this this sounds really <coughs> insane." Yeah, yep. nice. Cool.
2: Um, well, a lot of people. I saw one response. Like I said before, we we pause there for a second. Um, one response I, I heard uh, due to like you know all the white people complaining that the show's too black. Mm-hmm. Sorry that you're not used to not being the center of all entertainment. Yeah, all right. get over it. Yeah, um, I
3: enjoyed it. Oh yeah, I, me I too. I ate that shit up. Now like no, yeah,
2: I'm I'm concerned because my dad's liked every Netflix Marvel show so far. Yeah, you're just, I'm just gonna not, not like yeah, it. I don't know.
3: I don't know how my dad is gonna react oh, he's gonna, to it. He's gonna have the hot through Luke cage like every other blue blooded no, American That's why that's what
2: I told Chelsea. <laughs> I was like, I'm about ready to start thirteen hours of questioning my sexuality.
3: Right. She <laughs> was rough. Yeah, or, or same. Smooth, he's I same. Say. smooth like chocolate, like no, hot chocolate.
2: I, uh, he uh, he had his shirt on. More than he did in Jessica Jones. Yeah. Always in a hoodie, too, instead of the white, or like the tight. Okay, sorry, I'm not going to have
0: finished this by next time, because I'm going to be watching Jessica Jones based on what you you just said. Yes,
2: (laughs) good, good. Because he's in, what, four or five episodes of of Jessica Jones? And has his
0: shirt on for how many? Zero? Not not a lot. Yes, a lot. Well, I'll they, look they up break which a one. bed. I'll look up which ones and I'll skip those. <laughs>
2: he breaks a bed. Him and Jessica break a bed.
3: Yeah. It was pretty real. It's pretty awesome.
0: Jealous. Crazy. <laughs> um, but yes. I don't know if my dad's going to enjoy this.
3: We'll find out. Gonna <coughs> gonna I can't enjoy wait this to podcast? hear. He's He's just, my dad doesn't listen to this show. Just forward me whatever make... message he sends you so I can see what he thinks about it. Right? And I'm curious. Like, is this show for everybody? I don't see why not. I don't see why not either. I don't think. I don't think they made yeah. it too raunchy. Uh, no. If I'm trying to remember, if there was at any point anything that was too like too gory, or if there was any nudity, I feel like it there wasn't, wasn't any full nudity yeah, or gory. Any, any right, nudity, right? So I think maybe
2: we get to see Luke's butt and Jessica Jones, but that's it.
3: Yeah. So I, I would. I would say this is fairly safe for just about all mm. ages and enjoyable by just about anyone mm-hmm. who likes a good superhero movie or yeah. superhero I could show. honestly
0: see it being on, like, regular <coughs> primetime television. Like, I know, it's, yeah, for sure. It's just the style of it is, like, very, I think, appealable. It has a lot of things that mm-hmm. everybody would like. Yeah. With the action and yeah. the Anymore, romance I find and comedy. Any, any Tall, more dark, I find and handsome. Yes. Luke Cage. Yes.
3: I find that the, the online services... That are producing better quality most times than what our traditional cable or cable provided networks are, with a few exceptions. I mean, yeah. HBO still holds well, it down with a lot of shows, which, yeah. like, what we're getting to now with with uh, Westworld. It's just another one in the line of. But
2: uh, HBO, yeah, model.
0: well, that's a, a
2: different model than
3: regular network television.
0: But that's another sure, interesting sure. debate because you have to like have more balls to go for like. More out there inspired things in order to actually end up with one of these things that happens to be great but like regular TV doesn't go for shit like that. Like look at how many ridiculous shows on Netflix suck and then they do one and it rules and you're like oh Netflix makes such great shows but in reality Netflix just makes a shit ton of shows. They do. They really
2: do. And you know network television every once in a while they'll have that that show that pushes the boundaries. Like mm-hmm. I recently watched all of Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Which if yeah. you haven't watched Hannibal, I have no idea how that show was on network television. It was exactly. on NBC. Yeah. I don't know how that show was on NBC. Yes. Well, it pushes every boundary. It's
0: like every show that's ever pushed boundaries on network television has yeah. ended up being good like Yeah. And you know, Hannibal was
2: yes, exactly. Um, Hannibal lasted three seasons, and I don't know how we made it past season one just because of the content. Yeah, that's, yeah. see,
3: that's what I think. Oftentimes, is, it's not a matter of the not having a writing staff that's willing mm-hmm. to take a risk. It's just that the networks, the want to play it safe because they're looking at the bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Whereas exactly. these folks who are coming to Netflix pitching ideas, they've got nothing to lose. Yeah. Essentially, there's no uh, there's no overhead costs w- that are being incurred by Netflix. While they're waiting on someone to produce content, someone yeah. comes to them with content, and they're like, "All right, we'll throw some dollars at you. Yeah. Try it. Let's try it." You know? yeah. yeah, that's where the networks are at a dis- somewhat of a disadvantage, I guess. Exactly. Is that they're slave to and the network has and the twenty-two on.
2: episode structure as well, which yeah. doesn't work for us. Yeah, that old structure. Yes.
3: I think that that's kind of outdated anymore. Yeah, people, I agree. People want a little bit more substance per per digestible portion of media, mm-hmm. and definitely. Are tired of the commercial, like yeah. the commercial. The eruption. different
0: uh, seasons of television made a lot more sense when I was in public schools, and they were all based around that. But not everybody <laughs> yeah. has yeah. children oh, and just gets to take three months sh- of summer. Spe- off.
2: Speaking of which, Chance, did you see that uh, Bee Roasters has been taken over by Luke's Diner? I heard about that. Yep. You need to go.
3: You there need was, to go. There was another watch Game cafe. Game yeah no. there was another no. cafe in no. Indy that did it as well. Oh, it's one of the we best. All shows. Have yeah it's one of the best Gilmore shows of all time. So. Why did
0: Netflix tell me that Gilmore Girls was suggested to me because I watched Star Trek?
2: Because of the wonderful writing. Yeah, probably just it's great, great shows. Great
0: that's switch. ridiculous. Didn't we have this discussion? No, that's not why they showed it to me.
3: Well, we're going to have to stop this recording now and go watch some Gilmore Girls. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Shut it down. I thought, you would, I thought you would like to know that... Yeah, I saw that this morning that they were they're giving away stuff. Yeah. I'm kind of tempted to go. But then I saw in the photos there were just lines of, of young girls wearing... Uh, Plaid flannels and backwards baseball hats, and I was like, I can't get in that line with a plaid flannel and backwards <laughs> baseball hat. We'd be the only, only guys in that line. Sure.
4: Hey,
3: you're fine as long as you're not going to Luke Steiner. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> too. <laughs> Man, I'm excited for that. a lecture about getting coffee. Let's uh, let's move on to Westworld. Yeah. Which, I, uh, Andrew and I only just watched it a few hours ago, yeah. and it was because he said. We were ta- you were yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. wanting to, to record on it. Do you regret watching it? I don't regret watching it, but I will say I'm going to need to see a second episode. I- I'm willing to, co- to commit to a second episode mm-hmm. But at, at this point of the second episode is where I will determine if I really like the show or not. The first episode didn't pull me in. The concepts was cool, but they Did weren't. Did you ever see the original movie from 1973? No. no, we were talking about that as well. I haven't yeah. seen that. If you've
4: seen the episode of The Simpsons, They Can't Land, you know the plot
3: of uh, Westport. That's told what I said that.
0: to Dave the other day. I was like, well, I've seen that, so that counts, right? <laughs> but I
3: just, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't get me not what commit. What's your
4: part? Michael Crichton has a bar, uh, uh, has a boner for theme uh, Parks Going Wrong. I mean, there's that That's true. timeline, all that stuff you know, it's like a, the wasn't quite a theme park yet, but you know, it was, yeah. uh, well, Jurassic Park. Well, yeah, I, I said that. Oh,
3: <laughs> I, I don't know for, for you, so you've seen the movie or no?
2: Uh, it's been ages, so I, I can't really, uh, fun fact, they, they, uh,
4: they, uh, the helicopter pilot in, uh, uh, Itching Scratchy Land makes a reference to the tagline for the Westworld poster. Yeah. It says, welcome to Itching Scratchy Land where nothing could possibly go wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, I was, uh, Something blah blah Westworld
2: where I don't think could possibly go wrong. Yeah. Nice. I, I told you. He was full of Simpsons references. Oh, though. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he reminded he you reminded me not sure. Hey, my niece just showed up. Wow, <laughs> cool. Hi, niece. Hi, Olivia. Yeah. I got your text, but technically I'm not. Oh, my God. That is so sweet. She's I know, just, right? like
0: thinking
3: about it. Had a family oh. situation oh. come love. Now that I that's. Know. Now that Normally that doesn't mean anything good, but in this case it did. Yeah, I got a hug
2: from my niece, which has been, been on the show, show before. So,
3: so well, we we're we talking Westworld. Yes. And uh, that's adorable. I thought I don't know. So you have you seen the movie before? That's what I was going
2: to ask. Ages you. ago, it's been a long time.
3: The concept intrigued me. I'll say that the idea of basically three D printing all forms yeah, of life. That's what it was. Three it was, it was D printing, right? Three D printing all all forms of of life as we know it on this mm. planet. Creating the theme park—that's kind of interesting. And then after that, they lost me. I was like, "Damn." What?
2: What lost you? It—it well, was-
3: uh, it, it seemed like you know all of the all of the window dressings of a typical HBO production mm-hmm. were on full display so, to so fill the violence. episode. Yeah, and I'm not, and I got nothing against that. If it if it fuels, mm-hmm. yeah, if it's fueling it, okay. If, for it, a show if it, it promotes,
2: I feel like that's pretty accurate.
3: Yeah, but that's—I mean, there have been plenty of shows, and that's how they portray it—is only that. And I feel like that gets kind of like gets old quick. I mean, I'm not watching it because it's a good soft porn. I'm I'm looking at it for some sort of dramatic. You know, but I don't even feel
2: like it hit like hit the boundaries of like Game of Thrones. No, no, not not it.
3: even close. i just I just felt like there was a lo- there was. Some substance lacking in that part, but where I have the glimmer of hope is with the end of the episode, mm-hmm. and what kind of what it foreshadows may be happening in the next episode, which is why I want to watch on, mm-hmm. and then also because I see potential to where you know those horrible human acts could fuel the plot later yeah. on like if when not if but when the robots decide to turn on the humans right. and just and do to them what they 've been doing to them this whole time
2: it's a it 's an odd show that. I don't know how it would come back for another season. Like It seems like it should just be a A mini-series, like a a 13-episode mini-series.
3: I thought we said, was it 10 episodes? 10 10 episodes, probably 10. Is that right? HBO
2: goes with 10.
4: Yeah, 10. Is it like a a 11 series? or they playing it? I don't know.
2: I have no idea. Probably up in the air at this point. But uh, it definitely seems like something that couldn't go past. Chelsea, you only watched the trailer. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty excited for it. I think that I might wait for the next episode to come out so I can at least watch two in a two row. Two in a row? Cuz I don't actually have television at all. I only have like now Netflix. Now I've just given you
2: my HBO Go account.
0: Yeah, so I'm not actually like physically capable. He uses my
2: HBO Go. Physically account capable of watching
0: like less than one episode of anything. It kind of like gives me an anxiety attack.
3: That. Uh, <laughs> I do like to binge.
2: Let's talk about the cast, though. You can't go wrong. Anthony Hopkins. No, great cast. Ed yes. Helms. Uh, yep. You sure good. Ed
0: Harris.
3: Ed, Ed
4: Ed Harris. Harris. Yeah. Ed oh, Harris. I was
0: like, oh shit, is Ed Helms <laughs> in it? Oh, <laughs> wow, no. you're getting me fired yeah, up, the, man. Uh, yes. Uh, like the
4: old Caucasian buffoon you're thinking of in *Romeo and
2: is uh, James Marsden. Yeah, yeah, James Marsden. Cyclops.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, Ed good.
2: Harris. Thank you.
4: Comic book, uh, act, uh, comic book film actors because this yeah. was in uh, uh, History, of, no, History of Violence. Was, was that a comic book? Yeah, yeah, no, it was
2: a graphic novel. Right. Yeah, uh, right, History of right. Violence was re- might have been written by the same guy who did Road to Perdition. That's what I thought. Which was also a graphic novel before it was a movie, which a lot of people don't know. Hmm. So,
3: um, there's also Evan Rachel Wood. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey to, Wright. Did you guys say Jeffrey Wright? Jeffrey Wright
2: is he the guy from The Hunger Games? Yeah, He's yeah.
3: Uh, Bax- uh, he Baxter. Played. He, he's, he's, a, he's, a, or whatever he's a programmer. He's a programmer. He's also, uh,
2: he also <laughs> in,
4: uh...
3: Wait, oh. which Ninja Turtles? Wasn't he not in the newer, the newer one? No, I thought that was. Uh... It might not be. I might be mistaken. Let me see. I'm, I'm trying to pull also He also played. I the... thought he was uh, Baxter right. in. Uh... He
4: also played
2: yeah, uh, Muddy Waters in know, uh, the chess I'm
4: movie. I'm confusing.
3: People.
2: Uh, Baxter Stockman in the new Turtles okay. movie is uh, Tyler Perry.
3: Oh, God, it is. Th- I'm, yeah, it's Tyler I'm so Perry. sorry, Jeffrey Right, I didn't mean to make that <laughs> confusion. I, I definitely know that that. <laughs> Tyler not. Perry yeah, he, as uh, Medea.
4: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's right. right.
3: Yeah, I know Tyler Perry as Medea more than I know him as Tyler Perry. That's why I was. Well, he's confused. also a Star Trek. Yeah,
2: so he's been in good things. Yes. Yes. No, I'm, I'm not,
3: Which are good, I'm not judging Tyler that Perry. as like, the apex yeah. of his well,
4: he's, work. He was good in Gone Girl. Yeah, yeah, he was
2: good in Gone Girl. Oh, I know uh, not judging me uh, Marissa's wanting to see uh, the, the fucking Matthias Halloween. Halloween movie. Ha. Jesus,
3: That character's iconic. That. Know, that's, right. why, that's why I say I know him better as that than himself because that yeah. character's so iconic. It'll
4: probably iconic. Be like that episode of King of the Hill uh, with uh, the Heaven House or the Heck House that Bobby goes to. like yeah. Trick or treat, trick or treat. But- Whoa. Bobby, uh, I want to tell you something about Halloween.
2: You ever notice how Marissa's dad looks just like King Hill?
4: You know who looks like a King of the Hill character? I didn't
2: uh, see
4: that Mike Pence, he looks like Cotton Hill. Yeah. Them Japanese chop my shins off. <laughs> I do have, here's all I have to say about the presidential debate last night. I won nice thing to say. Vice presidential debate. Yeah. Vice well with the way Pence was talking, it's like he's running for president. <laughs> he uh, might as well
2: be. Mm.
4: Here's what I have to say about I have only one nice thing to say about Mike Pence. Huh. Uh, You could probably donate his tissues, organs, and blood to someone in need uh, post-mortem.
0: Probably. We're not guaranteeing anything. He has really small eyes. He looks like a naked mole rat. Yeah, um, he looks like
4: a reptilian person, and Captain Murphy from c Lab Twenty Twenty One, uh, Ray uh Edward Jacoby, who uh, AKA Moloch in the Watchmen
0: comic. Yeah. his eyes are really squinty, so that he can see through all your bullshit about love and acceptance <laughs> into how badly you really want to turn his kids Boy, to right. Satan. When uh, when Timmy <laughs>
4: was talking, it looked, he, the look on his, the sour look on his face looked like uh, he'd uh, been forced to go to a non-Christian function. <laughs> <laughs> uh, t- uh, Mike Pence is. Uh, Flanders with all the good qualities wrung out, and uh, all that's left, left is a uh, dry, silvery of People <laughs> like his hair, but you know, uh, I've seen how he gets, keeps his hair that way. Uh, he gets shipments of uh, liquid paper to the governor's mansion and applies it to his
0: scalp.
3: <laughs> and this was our Westworld discussion. discussion. <laughs> right? I, I don't know what else is. I mean, that's relevant what else to we Westworld say about because
0: Mike Pence totally would put us all in there. Yes. Mike, so Mike how much he be, hates uh, the citizens of the New. Mike Pence would be one of the
4: guests who uh, sexually assaults the droids. Yep. Or uh, probably, the, uh, let's be realistic, uh, the uh, quadrupe- quadrupedal animals, like the horses, uh, cattle, maybe even the odd gopher. All right. <laughs>
2: so, Westworld. Yeah,
3: I um, so I feel like I can see where it's going. Yeah, which, I mean, and for not having seen the movie, yeah. that, that kind of upsets me that I feel like... The plot has been laid out before me already.
2: I think it's pretty. I think it's meant to be obvious that something's going wrong with the system. It's that you know, kind of, let me kind of say generic sci-fi like, trope of robots turning bad.
0: Yeah. I almost wish that I hadn't watched the trailer and then I had watched the first episode, so I could just be like completely clueless.
2: Gotcha. Because
0: I actually really like that. That's why I went into Luke Cage not knowing anything. Gotcha. So I was like, I'm not but even
2: looking. But now look it up. The, tra- the trailer got you excited, though.
0: No, I mean it did, but I would have watched it either way. Gotcha. Because you told me to, but I wish that I wouldn't have watched it, and then gotcha. it would have, I would have—I probably would have been like exponentially more excited. Gotcha. Um,
2: the cast was great. Yeah. Um, I, I could see some people getting tired of the uh, time resetting in Westworld, where. Uh, the, they're programmed to do a certain series of events. Yeah, those events yeah. can change in multiple ways, but always kind of start out the same. Right. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like, okay, we'll start to get used to the events as they were played out. And they're going to change little by little. Um, and especially since they're becoming, they're starting. There can't say they're becoming more aware, but
3: they kind of are. Well, so the, the way I see it playing out is uh, Dolores, who's our, not our main character, but she's the one, like we see most of everything from her perspective and how she's being treated by the people running Westworld yes. and her interaction with the other hosts and the newcomers, guests, what have you. And I think that she is slowly going to uncover details about the inner workings of Westworld and realize that hey, you know, I'm a totally sentient living breathing thing that was created by these people and they don't value me as as living and she's but it's going to take her hopefully it doesn't take her that long to, to get to the bottom of the mystery cuz that's what I'm worried about is seeing half of it be the same day reset and the same set of events going on and her going, you know, going and trying to uncover this a little bit more of the mystery then we got to go watch the same like, set of how events many times go. got going to see
2: that shootout because they already Blue to seeing a shootout again mm-hmm. to get to his speech.
3: Yeah, that 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 kind of concerns me, just because sometimes they have pacing problems with mm-hmm. the shows where it feels like it, you know, drags on. I'm
2: gonna say I have faith in J.J. J. Abrams, who's producing the show. Yeah, um, but I could definitely see the concerns.
3: I thought it looked pretty good. There, the the one shot that really got me was uh, in the big. It was in the big shootout after. Hector busts into the cantina and starts stealing everything. He's standing on the patio, and the the young lady, who's working the brothel in there, comes up behind him. Or no, it was one of the visitors comes up behind him and puts a a bullet in him. And then one of his other guys, literally, his face exploded onto the onto the camera. And I was like, oh, there's a flap. Like his whole face just turned into a one big remember. flap of skin. Well, go back just, and rewatch. The
4: piano. Oh, okay. It was pretty
3: messed up. Oh, that's right. It was in the cantina and they shut <laughs> the guy on this, the piano. On the
4: with the piano. Okay. It was too much.
3: It was too much. I was like, huh. okay. I had to step back a little bit. Take um, it, like, get one foot back from the TV after that.
2: Gotcha. Well, I was, I was thoroughly entertained throughout the entire thing. Um, one thing that stood out to me, which I talked to you guys before recording. Um, you thought the music was a bit too much on the nose, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a nice touch. Um, there's a, a moment where we get Black Hole Sun on a music box. So it sounds like an old Western saloon tune, but it's Black Hole Sun. Hmm. And then we also get it towards the end during a shootout with Painted Black.
4: Which, uh, it would be interesting, like if it's uh, music, like a, if it's like a diegetic, well something like that is diegetic, but it's interesting that you know, like we pick that stuff, like our book, know, the... Uh, the visitors uh, the newcomers kind of affect that or probably
2: you know, I would assume so th- that's what I'm it could be thinking. like a like almost like a jukebox setup where you're like oh okay I'm gonna go look at these songs that I know and have them played
3: It very well could be the first time it didn't it didn't feel it was out of place for me it was natural and I almost didn't recognize I didn't, rec- I didn't recognize it either Yeah, but then I think maybe I was just more aware they were doing it and then when uh, when Paint of Black came on that's where I think I would say it was a little bit uh, it was a little bit too much because uh, because of the way they used it and the yeah. scene that they used it. It's just like, uh, okay, we get it. You're gonna shoot up the whole town and everyone's gonna die, paint in black. Okay, we get it. I don't yeah, it's it very
4: obvious.
2: was the guy yeah.
3: dressed in black. Yeah. yeah.
4: At least didn't go. At least didn't go like you the know they went with Johnny Cash later in the episode, which did not work fine. It's for the credits. It was yeah. Johnny yeah. Oh to yeah, cash with the the like, credits. Like, but yeah. But at least they didn't do like uh, the man in black. That would have been. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> too obvious. Um, but overall,
2: I, I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to. Uh, you know, episode two. Um, yeah, I,
4: one show on yeah. HBO that I uh, think I am the only one who's watched uh, here, uh, that kind of takes a couple episodes to get it. into is Vice Principal. It's... it's different than what I thought it was going to be because I, I mean, like, you know, my, uh, Mario La Moria and Orange County and it's... It's, it's dark. Danny McBride.
2: Is it... How similar is it to like Eastbound and Down? It's similar,
4: but like I think it's okay. kind of a dark, darker... Uh,
2: darker than Eastbound? Yeah, there's yeah. some
4: fucked up shit that happens. It, it's <laughs> enjoyable. Like, uh, Walton Walt Goggins just kind of choose the scene and he's... They're being you
2: know, a great fight off each other. Nice. It would be nice to see him in more of a comedic role than what he normally is. Because normally he's the bad guy and everything.
0: Mm. I thought it looked funny.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think it looks funny that's as well. A... How much is Bill Murray in it?
4: Just the first episode.
2: Uh, that's it? He's
4: a retired principal. Kind of okay. sets off. He's in the that drops and sets everything off. Because then uh, uh, Belinda Brown uh becomes the school and is the new principal, and then... Danny and, and Walter Goggins are uh, vice like, principals, and like yeah, you know, they kind of hate each other. So they, uh, they're hoping you know, one of them must be to the job after uh, Noorie left. Gotcha. But then they kind of you know uh, forge an alliance to take her down. Hmm. You know they do stuff like yeah you'll, you'll see it's all right. I'll watch it eventually. It's good. Like um. I really find this drive like the last uh, last half like five the uh, uh, five ten, uh, the last episode when so not really hit the stride. You know, by three I'd say. Nice. I mean, it's a limited series. I going to
2: be, okay. I think it's nine episodes in the first season. Oh, because I doing eighteen episodes yeah. in total. Okay. Oh, so they're only doing eighteen. All right. Well, that's interesting. That's good. Um, well, that brings us to fifty-three minutes. Anything else anybody wants to bring up? Mm. I want. Oh, I
3: do want to say one thing about Westworld that Andrew and I were pointing out, we were just kind of <coughs> joking about it, but thinking about it now, it did seem pretty. It did happen quite a bit. Anthony Hopkins seemed to have a fascination with just sitting in front of these watching these creatures being constructed and they were always in these awkward positions where they were fully brandishing their genitalia at him. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> Every one like, one of the them, ones yeah. watching the ones being built, and then when he goes to question uh Dolores' father, whose name I can't remember. Yeah, I can't I can't remember the uh, actor he, either, Alice, but he's, he's a well known sitting actor. there like ready to pounce on him and his and it's just his Man, whole full manhood just swinging in the breeze right there in front of well, me. we don't. see it. Well, we don't, we, well, we don't right. have to see it. But then from the angle that they're showing like the scene, it's like, the dick. yeah, it's like seriously. I did not get that. You didn't get that? <laughs> no, no, I did not. It, it was weird. They. I mean, I guess it, it's
4: like that part in *Nasrati*
3: where like they use the shadows,
4: and cast against the wall. I did not pick up on this. Yes. I'm happened, gonna have to rewatch it at
3: so like I can feel his dick. It happened at least <laughs> That was the uh, one thing that it, stuck out it, to it, me. They, they I'm made, sure it
2: did stick out to you. <laughs>
4: they dangled more dice in that episode than a uh, dead camera or slumped over at a black Again, we don't table. see
2: said dice. Yeah, but it's applied. There's an applied <laughs> set of balls. Which, like, in Game of Thrones, we do see said dice yeah. multiple times.
3: <laughs> That's true. That's true. I, it was beautifully done. All, yeah. like, the whole... Especially the lighting
4: on the balls. The whole production
3: was beautiful. <laughs> Whole production is beautiful, and the and the way that the the they design, you know, the way they showed the three D printing process yeah. was really cool as well.
2: I mean, the first the first instance we get of it's with the horse, which I, I was fascinated by. I was yeah.
3: like, oh, that's super it, interesting. I, I there was a lot I liked about it, but I'm still hesitant about the overall gotcha. trajectory of it. So I don't want to huh. I don't want it to end sounding like I was bashing the shit out of it. I just have some doubts. Got some so, doubts. I think
4: all this right. show you you'll be watching if you're not already. Well, two of it, Well, Chance and I both watch Atlanta. is really
2: good. Yeah, I need it's, to watch it. Yeah, it's a little weird,
4: like, uh, the real character moments. It's uh, really fun. Uh, and, and
2: I mean, we all love Donald Glover here, so. Mm.
4: And uh, so, the mm. good place on it. The good place on, <laughs> it, on it. Yeah, someone really loves Donald <laughs> yeah, Glover. The good place on NBC is really good. It's uh, Michael Churid in Parks and Rec. Uh, it was also involved in The Office and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nice. Uh, Ted Danson's on it. <coughs> it's really good on it. Uh, and a lot of some writers from uh, Parks and Rec, like Joe Mandy. Uh, okay. And there's a great gag about uh, all the Portland, all the dead Portland Trailblazers being in hell. Or the, the bad place in that show. But, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but Walton is in hell, apparently. All right. But, yeah, no, it's an it's, 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 it's interesting premise, and it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go with it. All right. Huh. And uh, You're the Worst has been pretty good this season. Like, they did uh, the whole episode uh, last week uh, exploring... Uh, PTSD of one of the characters who
2: was a veteran who served in uh, Iraq. Uh, oh, so he, that hits close with uh, what Trump has uh, yeah. said this past week, mm-hmm. that everybody with PTSD is a pussy. Yep.
3: So, don't listen to that guy. No, no. Don't, don't even give him the time no. of day.
4: People
3: right. will skip the draft. Also. Yeah. yeah, right? Might not. Just don't. How many
4: times did uh, he uh, skip the draft gone? Not one, not two, not three, but four.
2: How many times? How many years has Trump not paid his taxes? Uh,
4: when was the last time uh, people thought that uh, the, to drive, the first sequel to Jurassic Park was going to be good?
2: Oh. All right.
4: When did it con- last time he paid the taxes? Uh, Conco uh, had just come out. <laughs> it was uh, Ninety-five, I think. Right?
2: Yes. Yeah. Ninety-five. All right. So we're at an hour, guys. Uh, nope. I'm David West.
0: I'm Andrew Crowley.
2: I'm lost.
0: <laughs> i'm chelsea oh well, thanks for being so <laughs> so energetic i'm not gonna say my last name no that's, that's fine. creepy that's fine <laughs>
2: <laughs> you'll get used to it you'll realize nobody listens so. <laughs> right. like
4: it's kind of like my resume and uh, things i write you know nobody looks at them except for me
0: yeah so i was gonna say if you want some more um ai's gone bad in a western setting watch my favorite episode of the X-Files Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> the kill switch okay
4: all right and uh, if you if you want to show that you know uh, kind of you know at least waits one or, e- or
2: Ghost in the Machine uh, wait, wait, uh, same to, yeah. That
4: waits one at least one episode to bring up uh, fucking robots uh, consider Star Trek the next generation even though <laughs> yeah. the first
2: season is kind of uh... <laughs>
0: at oh, least one episode when,
2: when I think of X-Files and like robots going bad I can't think of anything else besides Ghost in the Machine Hmm.
0: Also, I could see uh, that. Yeah, yeah. Any- the Kill Switch is one of the best episodes ever made. It's in season seven. I don't know which episode it is.
2: Which is rare for a later season X Files.
0: Oh yeah, I'm be- by the greatest episode ever me- made. I mean, it's like absolutely horrendous, and you're yeah. gonna cringe the whole time that you watch it. But you will love it.
4: If you want, to, if you want to watch another movie about robots going uh, berserk and or uh, being attempted to be fucked by humans, you should watch X Machina, which is really good. Which that is really good. Yes,
0: movie is pretty good.
4: Especially. Um, the dance scene.
0: Yes.
2: Anyways, uh, you can find me on Twitter at David West underscore KOES or anytime on Kind of Epic Show. Or at Kind of Epic Show. Andrew, you're on Twitter. Uh, yeah,
4: I am at jumping Jack flask. J-U-M-P-I-N, Jack, J-A-C-K, Flask, F-L-A-S-K.
0: I think I'm on Twitter, but I changed my name recently. I don't remember what it is. Oh, it's C-H-E-L-C underscore L-C.
2: All right, and chances isn't available yeah, if, if on social media. If you can media. find
3: me, I'm fucking up because I'm trying to hide from the federal government. I don't need I <laughs> I don't need an internet presence. Oh, God. whoa, whoa! You
4: must love Darius on Atlanta.
3: Oh yeah, he's the best. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that another time. All right, I'm
2: gonna hit stop, guys.
3: No. Yeah, it was I do. A good time. I do I want to talk about some? Di-
0: listeners this is Mikus. creator of the kind of epic theme song zombie kids if you're interested in finding out more about my music you can check me out at mikusmusic.com. also I am on iTunes Facebook and SoundCloud you can look me up as Micas and that's M-I-K-U-S and you know the rest all right peace out everyone keep listening